I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, April 19th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, there is a new battle raging online. Now, 66% of CBC operations were funded by the government last year. However, its new Twitter badge claims that that number is actually 69%. 69 is also Elon Musk's fave number. There is a bit of a troll here. I'm not going to get into it. But do you have any thoughts on the latest spat between your favorite billionaire and the world's richest man, Elon Musk, and our public broadcaster? I am team CBC in this fight. Elon Musk is a child who happens to have lots of money and behaves worse online than my 13-year-old and my 9-year-old in their worst days. It's just he's losing credibility in my mind, especially it relates to Twitter. It's no wonder that close to 66% of advertisers have actually left Twitter. I think that's a good point on the credibility front. This is a man who has done great things, undeniably so. You know, he's built an incredible rocket business. He was really the inventor of the mass producer electric car. And so he's done great things. And I feel like this Twitter stuff is really just kind of tanking his reputation. Yes, I think you're right. Ironically, though, I was watching the scheduled launch yesterday of the uh, SpaceX. <laughs> it's like uh, you can hold two thoughts in your mind at once. Once that there is something really happening on the privately funded space front, even though that is widely publicly funded and what he's trying to do to Twitter. I can hold those two things in my mind at the same time. But this shows that he is a real child. But I'm still on Twitter. I guess, Jay, maybe they should put that SpaceX, how much SpaceX is government funded. I'd probably say it's probably around 50% government funded. They probably should put that label on it. It's a lot, especially if you consider how much land they've sort of been given free access to in Texas, all those things. We're going to do that research, Brett. I'm going to come back to it. That'll be a fact of the day next week. How's that? That sounds good. Brett, aside from publicly funded media companies that I love, what do we have for Peak Bells today? For our first story, Galen Weston is gone. For our second story, AI rappers. And for our third story, Canadian companies going south. For our first story, President's Choice spokesman and Loblaw President Galen Weston will step back from day-to-day operations of Canada's biggest grocer after two years at the helm. Brett, my big question is, like, who's going to do the ads now? Yeah, well, the answer is Per Bank. That's his name, Per Bank. He's the current head of Denmark's largest retailer, the Sailing Group, AS, and he will assume the role of CEO, which Weston never actually officially occupied. Weston will remain both chairman of Loblaw Board and CEO of Loblaw's parent company, George Weston, a role he's held since his late father's retirement in 2016. And I guess the question still remains how he got that job. Just kidding. <laughs> it's a question on everyone's mind, Jay. During his tenure, Loblaw saw sustained growth in revenue and in its most recent quarterly earnings call, it reported a 10% surge in revenue that topped estimates. The bottom line is, while the search for a permanent CEO has been going since August, a fresh face might be welcome at the time when Canada's grocers are under fire, accused of unchecked greed as food inflation soars. Weston, in turn, became a target of collective rage. As he tried to curry favor with price freezes, he was instead mocked by the C- CBC sketches and Beaverton articles. Heck, even Politico got some shots in. It was a pretty easy shot to take. He earned public ire most recently when news broke that he got a $1.1 million pay bump last year after consultants that he hired, <laughs> that were hired by Loblaw, informed him that he was, well, just underpaid. Now, to zoom out here, Jay. Food inflation finally slowed in March, but it still outpaced general inflation. A lot still needs to be done for grocers to regain public trust, and an ongoing competition bureau inquiry into grocery store competition could shed some light on exactly what that could entail. For our second story, in the last few days, a new song featuring Drake and The Weeknd racked up over 600,000 Spotify streams and 15 million views on TikTok. The only problem is that neither artist made it. 
So who did, Jay? Well, Heart on My Sleeve, which features a soothing and recognizable vocals from arguably two of the biggest Canadian music artists living today, was removed from TikTok, Spotify, and YouTube for, quote-unquote, infringing content created with generative AI. This according to Billboard. One TikTok user said it was the first AI song that has actually impressed me, and another said the mystery AI artist put out better songs, Drake songs, than Drake himself. That's kind of harsh. Grammy-winning DJ and producer David Guetta has documented how he created a new Eminem song in an hour using ChatGPT for lyrics and UberDuck for vocals. And here's why it all matters. The success of the song, though short-lived, highlights the concerns over the impact of AI on the music industry. Last week, Universal Music Group asked Spotify and other streamers to block AI companies from accessing its songs to train their machines. For big music, billions of dollars in revenue from their libraries of music and artists are threatened by the efficiency of AI-generated music production. UMG told Billboard it, quote-unquote, demonstrates why platforms have a fundamental legal and ethical responsibility to prevent the use of their services in a way that harm artists. Yes, but AI and legal experts say it's not that easy. You can't block access to content, and rules dictating what AI can and can't train on doesn't really exist yet. The power sits with the world's regulatory bodies that handle copyright. But whether they can keep up, well, that's another question. For our third story, there are many reasons to be a proud Canadian, but some companies are feeling a lot less patriotic when it comes to going public these days. So, Jay, driving the news, almost two dozen companies with Canadian headquarters that have gone public since 2020 gave the Toronto Stock Exchange, the TSX, the cold shoulder, choosing to list solely on flashier American exchanges, raising $1.4 billion in the process. This is per Bloomberg. Included in this batch of fugitives are Repair Therapeutics, makers of Promising Cancer Drug, and Abs. Celera, both biotech firms that still do have true blockbuster listings. Life sciences and pharma companies have been the main culprits, leaving the TSX in the dust and heading to the NASDAQ to tap into its more robust base of investors, analysts, and bankers specialized in those sectors. Some natural resources companies have also taken off. Yes, but the TSX has added 77 international listings over two years to pick up the slack and will soon welcome the Canadian market's largest IPO since 2021 this year. New listings on the TSX also hit a seven-year high last quarter with about 30 new listings hitting the index. But Jay, and there's another big button here, analysts are concerned about how much money these new IPOs will raise, as most of them are ETFs, which simply don't generate big-time fees. And here's why it matters, Brett. It's a worrying sign about Canada's investment climate that promising local companies are raising money elsewhere because they don't feel they can get the support they need at home. And if these runaway companies do produce big returns down the road, they'll most likely flow into American investors' pockets. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second one, follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thank you, Brett. Have a good day, Peak Pals. And Brett, here's really hoping that Galen Weston lands on his feet. Yeah, good luck to him. And go Leafs, go. There you go. Listener.